today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. I want to talk about a new report from the Canadian Institute for Health Information uh, that deals with long-term care facilities, which, of course, have been our focus and a lot of people's focus, especially uh, in light of COVID-19 because of the impact that the virus has had on long-term care facilities. But it's also shone the light, uh, thankfully, on a lot of other problems with long-term care facilities uh, that the Premier has uh, vowed that he's going to look after, and we'll uh, certainly hold him to that uh, promise with a number of other things. But this report is rather interesting, too, because it says one in nine newly admitted residents to long-term care facilities could have remained at home with the proper supports. Now, this was done before COVID-19, so it's a very relevant uh, topic and a very relevant discussion to be had right now. Uh, to that end, we're so pleased that uh, Tracy Johnson could join us today. Tracy is the Director of uh, Health Systems Analysis and Emergency Measures with the Canadian Institute for Health Information. Tracy, thank you so much. It's great to have you back on the program today. Thank you very much, Bill. It's nice to be here. Well, let's talk a little bit about this report and the indications and something that I know you've been talking about and many other healthcare professionals have been talking about for years now, not just because of COVID-19, that with a proper health system, uh, you don't need to be in a long-term care facility necessarily. A lot of people, I think, would prefer to be at home if they could. Yes, and that is in what we've been asked and we're asked to do when we develop this particular indicator was look at how many people in uh, Canada might stay longer at home if they had formal home care supports to help them do that. Uh, and, and I know you've been singing from that song sheet for quite some time, and governments haven't really been listening. Uh, with this report, uh, which really I, I think just uh, underscores what you've been so- talking about for many, many years now, Tracy, uh, do you feel confident that the government's going to respond to it this time? So this work is part of a suite of indicators that we're putting out looking at home care access in Canada. And it was work that all provinces agreed to because they wanted to understand what that picture looks like. Older um, Canadians would like to stay at home rather than moving into long-term care. So this indicator gives us a picture of the percentage of people who um, were newly admitted to long-term care who actually might have been able to stay at home longer. So across Canada, we see that there's about 11.5% of new long-term care residents who could potentially have been cared for at home. This was in 1819, so it's a first look at this. And after a couple of years of this, we should be able to see um, this will help us measure progress in helping Canadian seniors to be able to live at home longer. There's so many pluses to this, Tracy, and, and well, I want to talk about some of them. And, and let's talk, first of all, about the impact it's going to have on, on the senior themselves. Uh, I know a lot of folks that are at that age right now, and, and I know some of those families are, are, have begun to have those discussions about whether or not they should uh, move into a, a long-term care facility. Uh, the overwhelming majority of people I know in circumstances like that that are still in pretty good health don't want to leave home. I mean, you know, it's been their home for how many years now, and they've raised their families there possibly. Uh, that's where they feel secure. That's where they feel safe, and they don't want to give that up. Uh, yet there's always a concern about, well, what if, you know, something should happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, what if there's a, a quick change in your health? Maybe we should do this now just in case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe the discussion should be, how can we make sure that everything is going to be okay when you do stay at home? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And most seniors tell us that they would like to stay in their home as long as possible. This particular, so there's about 45,000 newly admitted patients across Canada to long-term care. If you look at that, about 
if if we could take the 11.5 percent, so that's about 5,000, that if we could support them appropriately at home, we'd also free those beds up for those exactly. who have the greatest need. Exactly, and that's the other side of this coin. Uh, the, because as we've talked about some of the concerns with long-term care facilities, part of the course is is overcrowding and, and the stress that's on the staff at those facilities because of that. Uh, if, if some of those people could be you know, looked after at home, you're right, it frees up because there are people that do need these facilities. And, and that report indicates that. I mean, you know, to suggest that one in nine newly admitted residents probably could have remained at home, uh, the other side of that coin is eight out of the nine need to be in those facilities and should be in those facilities. Uh, but the, the, the facilities themselves are, are overtaxed because of what's going on right now. So this would be a win-win situation. Yes, it absolutely would. And what we can also see with this, so there's the one in nine, and of those ones as well, if we can delay, what we've heard from geriatricians is a number of these folks that are in the one in nine, so in that 11%, often have complex chronic conditions, and so they may eventually need long-term care. But if we can prevent that for as long as possible, satisfaction increases and we have the as we said availability of beds for others who really really need it at this time tracy let's uh go down the the philosophical road here the hypothetical road i suppose at this stage and the government reads this report and says you know what it's about time we did something about this do we have the infrastructure now to be able to do that to look after folks in home care uh, most provinces across the country have had an aim to transfer care into the home so they have an aging, almost all provinces have an aging in place strategy. So they've been working on looking, they've been looking at this and trying to move towards that. You'd have to ask individual provinces what their readiness is for that. In Ontario, the Ontario health teams are supposed to take into consideration um, that entire care team around a patient. So one would assume home care will also be um, folded into that. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, subsets to this discussion that, that we probably don't need have, have time to get into right now, but they are parts of the discussion on a broader scale uh, about staffing, of course, for, for home care, about compensation for the staff for home care. I mean, let's face it, I've talked to some folks that are in that business, and, and they say, look, at, you know, I can make a lot more money uh, working in a hospital situation than I could doing, you know, home visits. Uh, there's a discrepancy there, and that, that's something that needs to be addressed. There's so many different aspects to it. But the benefits of doing it this way, would I would hope anyway, Tracy, outweigh some of these, uh, well, potential obstacles. Another indicator, so if we can beef up home care for those people who are in their homes and help them stay there longer, we can also uh, decrease some of the caregiver distress. So the other indicator that we released today was around caregiver distress for people who are on home care. So these are people who are on long-term home care already and they have friend or a spouse or a son or a daughter who are providing informal care, extra care. And so for all those people, almost all of those people on home care still have an informal caregiver, 96% of them do, and about a third of them say that they're distressed. They feel distressed. They feel anxious, angry, sometimes unable to go on, sometimes a bit depressed. That also um, flags that potentially for those who are on home care right now, they need, there are some who need more support than they are getting. 
And again, I can understand the stress levels, though, and I can even understand the anger. And I, I, you know, the reason they're doing that and the reason they're caring for their loved one is because of love. And, and, and they want to make sure that they're comfortable and that they have everything that they possibly need. But it does alter your life when you're the caregiver, especially, as you say, as uh, maybe some deterioration occurs uh, through that whole process. And you've got to spend more time there than you had earlier anticipated. Uh, and then there's things that you need to do with your life or with your family uh, that may have to be put on hold. So there's a great deal of frustration here that could be alleviated by those visits uh, if, in fact, we had the proper staff to do that. Yes, exactly, because we can see with the caregivers who are distressed and the ones with more complex uh, parents or family that they're taking care of, those folks um, put as much time in as a full-time job caring for some of those people. Mm -hmm. And the other element to this, too, is it's one thing to say, yes, I, I, I want to make sure that, that my loved one is, is being looked after, whether it's a mother or a father or any kind of a relative or just a dear friend in situations that can occur there. Uh, you may not be properly trained to be able to do that. I mean, uh, you know, you're going to try to find out as much as you can to try to help them uh, with whatever their circumstances. But at the same time, it would be a lot easier on everybody if there were a trained professional that knew how to do and train and, and handle some of the things that happen in those circumstances and in that environment. Yes, and I think that's the key with the caregiver's indicator over time is to look at what the specific situations are for those who are in extreme distress. For the others that we were talking about, those that newly admitted to long-term care, their needs are a lot less. They have mild cognitive impairment. They have require just a little bit of help with their activities of daily living, so bathing and dressing. They haven't had any falls, and they really um, do not um, have any behavioral challenges or challenges in communicating with people. So they're in a different bucket, but having a professional or someone come in to help them would enable them to stay at home longer. Well, and to assess any changes that might have occurred, too, that, uh, that maybe somebody who doesn't have that sort of training would, uh, wouldn't be able to ascertain. Yes, that's absolutely what happens when you have professionals come in because those people see you over time and they see the continuum and they can understand whether the changes that they're seeing are significant or not. Tracy, one of the other things I found interesting about this report, too, is, is the variation from province to province uh, with this circumstance. Uh, some seem to be doing it better than others. So what we can't tell right now, this is early days with this indicator, is we can't tell whether some of the differences we're seeing are actually the setup in um, assisted living across some provinces and um, and their home care services available along with the health of the population. So in some areas and regions, you may have older populations. For example, in the East Coast, we have some older populations. With some of the other provinces, it may be the structure that they have out there right now for um, assessing patients and long-term care. Um, so those are the things that we'll have to assess over time, and it will help figure out what some of the solutions are to enabling people to stay at home. I would imagine there's a, an urban-rural uh, factor here as well. I mean, some of these places in some of these small towns or remote areas may not even have access to, to long-term care facilities, but that person still needs assistance, uh, which I, I think probably underscores the need for, for more home care and, 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 and more people to be able to do that. Yes, absolutely, Bill. So those that live in rural areas and live alone are more likely to be admitted to long-term care. So there are more of those folks who live alone and live in rural areas who are in this 
uh, 11% of Canadians who could potentially have been cared for at home. So that does indeed tell us that access to home care services does drive some of this admission, this early admission. So a lack this is of really- access. Yeah, this is really part of this broader discussion that we've been trying to have in this province, actually, I guess in this country, really, Tracy, over the last number of years, about a complete health care system. You know, we talk about the the pressure and the overcrowding that's going on in, in hospitals, for instance, and part of that solution, of course, is to make sure that, you know, that there is this kind of program set up. The long-term care facilities, first of all, because there are people in hospitals that probably mm-hmm. should be in long-term care facilities, but there's not enough room for them at this stage. And, of course, the other element to that is, as this study indicates, is home care. I mean, as soon as you don't have part of that, and, and right now the home care element seems to be part of that, uh, that's missing, or at least it's not as substantive as it should be, it puts pressure on every other part of the healthcare system, doesn't it? Yes, that's absolutely true, because you could have less seniors waiting for long-term care in hospital if you could send them home with appropriate support services. And then you have longer with them at home um, instead of sitting in a hospital waiting for a long-term care bed that because they don't have anybody to help them. Well, and we talked about the cost of health care, and, and I know that, you know, if it's your loved one that's involved, you say, well, money doesn't matter. Well, it does. Uh, and we put a lot of money into health care in this province, uh, a lot of money. And, and I guess the frustration there is that, well, yeah, but the system's not as good as it should be. We seem to pay more than lots of other uh, jurisdictions do. It's, it's a matter of putting the money where it needs to be. And, and for, you know, for somebody to stay in a hospital bed uh, over a period of time is a very costly exercise, especially when it's determined that they don't really need to be there, but there's nowhere else for them to go. Mm-hmm. And it may be that this isn't necessarily a cost-saving overall. It may be a cost-saving per patient when you don't put someone in long-term care and you, they, they remain in their home. There's less cost in that involved, but you may spend the same amount of money because you're able to keep more people at home. You're able to help more people to stay at home. And that's the key, isn't it? Because I, I, you know, I, I know governments are always looking at the bottom line and saying, you know, well, we can't spend any more money. I don't think anybody's asking them to spend more money. It's redistribute what you're spending and put it into areas that need it, such as, as this report seems to indicate. Yes. And sometimes it's hard to get out of, you know, what you do now works really well. So it's somewhat hard to get out of that loop and switch things over. It does take time. Well, yeah, change seems to bother an awful lot of people, but uh, you know, I've yet to see anybody look at the healthcare system and said it's perfect the way it is. We all know that there need to be some fixes and some adjustments made, and this report, I think, indicates exactly where I think some of that focus should go. Anyway, uh, always so- a pleasure, Tracy, to have you on the program. You go ahead to finish up one more thing for you. Go ahead. No, I was going to say absolutely. It shows us an opportunity to change things and do them in a different way. And very much appreciate talking to you too, Bill. Great having you with us again. And let's stay in touch about this because this is something that we don't want to let go of and we want to make sure that uh, the governments are doing the right thing on this. We'll talk again for sure. Okay, Tracy? Okay, thank you. Take care. Tracy Johnson, of course, uh, from the Health Information Clinic. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.